The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time, she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about dealing with a mother-in-law. And, you know, a lot of people make jokes about how difficult it is to deal with a mother-in-law. I happen to have been very, very lucky in my first marriage that I had the most wonderful mother-in-law. We were extremely close. In fact, closer than my ex-husband and I. That was how great it was. But, um, but and, and I get along well with my present husband's mother, stepmom. Um, and I, I think I did get along with his mother before she died. So that wasn't so bad, but, but I know how it can be. I know from friends, I know from family that it can be a real challenge. And so we're going to be talking with a, a wonderful woman who is a, uh, she has a clinical psychology degree and she's a PhD in psychobiological anthropology. We're going to be speaking with Dr. Deanna Brand, who holds a Master of Science degree in clinical psychology. And she's also a national speaker on empowering oneself to deal with and heal that mother-in-law, daughter-in-law relationship. She also provides one-on-one coaching and consulting packages and practical techniques and skills for women to download to help them feel better about those relationships. And she is the author of this great book called Reluctantly Related, Secrets to Getting Along with Your Mother-in-Law or Daughter-in-Law. And she also has a cartoon book, Mother-in-Law and Daughters-in-Law Say the Darndest Things. And she maintains an active interactive website at Dr. Deanna, that's D-R-D-E-A-N-N-A-B-R-A-N-N.com. And that specifically addresses mother-in-law, daughter-in-law issues. So we're really thrilled to have you on. Thank you for joining us from the East Coast, Dr. Brand. Well, thank you, Maria. I'm excited to be here. Well, this is, you know, I got a kick out of it when I, I saw about this book in the uh, radio TV interview magazine, and I thought, yeah, I, I hear about these challenges all the time. I have one couple that um, I'm doing their divorce mediation, and the husband always talks about his terrible mother-in-law, and then I hear the wife telling me about her terrible mother-in-law. So I think that was the, the problem in this marriage, you know, that we're just trying to resolve. And the parents were a little bit too involved in yeah. their children's lives. I think that made a big, big impression and um, a big problem for the for the couple. So tell us about what inspired you to write this book about mother-daughter, relate, mother and in-laws uh, relationships. Well, um, 
I would like to be able to say that it was just because I'm a therapist and I'm interested in this, but I really have to be honest and say that um, even though I am a therapist, I was having problems with my relationship with my own daughter-in-law. And we initially got along great and uh, for years, for several years. And then um, they started having children, and that's when things really fell apart for our, our relationship. And I tried everything I could think of to make it better, and I, I think I was just too close to it at the time. So that's when I started doing my research, and um, I interviewed mothers-in-law and daughters-in-law, and I interviewed husbands and sons because I really wanted to understand what was going on. And once I did that, I was able to put some distance there, and I was able to see, you know, what are some of the things that I could do to help not only myself but other women in this relationship because I found that there were so many women who struggled, whether it's a mother-in-law or a daughter-in-law, both sides will struggle. So I worked on my own relationship and was able to get that taken care of, and we get along great now. And from there, I just started, you know, working with other women, and then the book was born. Yes. And isn't that true in life? Sometimes our our most difficult trials and tribulations are really the springboard for us to help other people and that it was meant to be, right? Absolutely. I totally agree with that. I mean, you know, having experienced it myself, I, I know the anguish that women go through. And talking to my daughter-in-law now, um, you know, and hearing it from the daughter-in-law's perspective, it really made me so much more aware that it's not just me that was struggling, you know, and, and so many women struggle with so many different things. So yeah, you're right. It does come from within. You know, I had, I never had a problem with either mother-in-law, but I did have a problem with a father-in-law, not my first father-in-law. He loved me. You know, I think it also is the kind of the dynamics. They never had a daughter, Mm-hmm. And so I was the the daughter that was close to them. It was like having their own daughter. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't any kind of threat. Um, in this second relationship um, with my husband, I had some real challenges with my father-in-law that I really had to work on. And, and now it's good. But it was one of those struggles also. So, you know, it happens, the in-law situation and that whole dynamics. You want to share something about that dynamics of the mother-in-law and the daughter-in-law? Yeah, I, you know, one of the things that I discovered, which I found very interesting, there's actually five reasons why this relationship is so difficult, and I won't, I won't get into all five, but let me get into a couple of them, and I think, because I, I think it really speaks a lot about this relationship, and the first one is, it, it seems a little obvious, but it's not, is it's such an artificial relationship when we first get together. I mean, we're only brought together because of this one man, you know, the husband or the son. Right. So we have to very quickly try to create a relationship, or we think we do, and we don't know how to do it because it's not, she's not a friend, she's not family, she's not whatever, and it's like, so what do we do with this other woman? Um, So that artificial relationship really creates it right off the bat. And another one that really, um, I think, plays into this is that, Everybody, and it's across the board, everybody comes to the relationship with their own history and their own emotional baggage. And that stuff really does get in the way of this relationship, particularly, but any relationship, but this one particularly because of that artificial beginning. Yes. Well, I'd like you to tell all five of them. I think it's fascinating, and I think people will be more interested to read the book if they know, like, these are the things, oh, that's the one that, I, that I'm having the problem with, or I think that's exactly what happened to me. So could you share the other three? 
Yeah, I can share them. Another one is that um, the mother-in-law and the daughter-in-law come to this relationship at very different stages of life. And if you think about it, you know, everything that the daughter-in-law is now doing, she's getting married, she's, you know, having a, you know, having a home, she's maybe going to have children. The mother-in-law has already done that. Mm. So they're coming to here in very different developmental places. It's right. a different de- developmental stage. So they're, they're at different places. And then they also come very, there are differences in their emotional um, place too, because of the stage that they're at. So that creates uh, uh, the dynamic of, you know, one's more experienced than the other, or it appears that way. And that creates some problems right yeah, there. Especially if you have a mother-in-law that wants to tell you what's the best thing to do. Exactly. <laughs> if she still wants to be mothering, you yes. know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and, um, and you're, she's not your mother, you know, right. that can create a problem. Yeah. You're, you might be willing to put it up with your own mother, but you don't feel like putting up with somebody exactly. else's mother. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then the fourth one would be perception. You know, again, this goes back to coming into the relationship with our own, um, emotional baggage and our own history is that we we have a tendency of perceiving things based on our life experience, on our you know percep you know, on all, on all of our life journeys, right. you know, our emotional states. We will then you know perceive things based on that, and sometimes our perceptions are not accurate. Right. You know, they they just are our perceptions, which doesn't make them good or bad. They just are. Um, and then that ties into the fifth one, which is. When we have our perception, regardless of what it is, we react. And when we react, our in-law is going to react, and we react to that, and, and it snowballs into this really could be very ugly thing. Yeah. And I wonder why it happens with children. For example, I have a friend right now, very educated, very kind, very wonderful friend, who um, her daughter-in-law is from another country. And um, the my friend put on this fabulous wedding because her parents, uh, the the bride's parents came in from uh, Taiwan. And um, so the, the wedding was at my friend's house. She did it. She just paid for everything, you know, just did a fabulous job. Everything was good. And then she had this baby and um, they don't want to let her, her or, or the husband um, see the baby. You know, they don't want them to have the baby around them, but she'll go back to Taiwan with the baby <laughs> for her parents yeah, to see. Yeah. And that is just so hurtful. And my friend is just feeling terrible. So she went to a therapist and the parent, the therapist said, don't do anything to cause a problem or you'll never see that kid. So that's a, that's a real tough one. That is a tough one. And, and, and that, unfortunately that happens more often than, than we probably want to even think about. Um, and what, what typically is happening during that is that the, the daughter-in-law, I mean, a couple of things could happen. One is she could, she could be in some postpartum depression, which can cause her to be a little more protective than, than usual. But, but when it's not even that, it can just be that, you know, all of a sudden she's a mother now, and she feels a little threatened by the mother-in-law. Again, because if they don't have a relationship, a real relationship of some sort, then this is a woman who she may be perceiving as, you know, she's going to tell me what to do. She's going to take over. She's going to, you know, t- you know, tell me I'm a bad mom. And so all that gets projected onto the mother-in-law. And so she has a tendency of 
being rather controlling with her own child, and, and um, I wouldn't even say overprotective because I think that's not quite accurate. I think it's very controlling of yeah. her own child. And it is, it is difficult. And again, I think if, if the mother-in-law can work at developing a relationship that's independent of her son, yes. you know, with that woman, then they have something built together, yes. you know, and that's going to make a huge difference in how they relate to one another. Yeah, you know, it was funny that you say that because I was saying, you know, why don't you take her shopping? You know, let mm-hmm. let uh, let the dad take care of the baby, and you guys go shopping and go or go to lunch and just exactly. go have some fun. And um, I think she has really reached out to try to do that, and she's very non-judgmental. You know, she tries mm-hmm. very hard not to be judgmental and just to be really nice. So I'm hoping that that will change over time. But right now, I mean, she cries to me. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's, exactly. it's so sad to, to have that happen. And that's what you said. Something similar happened to you when your daughter-in-law had a baby. Mm-hmm. Was that the kind of thing that she didn't want to have you around the kids that much? Or? It wasn't that she didn't want me around. It's just she, she wanted to control what was going on when I was around or um, limit my time. It was, there was almost a competitive thing going on. You know, and yeah. and so, and I think that happens a lot. It's like you know, again, because we're at different stages. I've already been, you know, a mom. I've raised kids, whatever. And so there is a bit of competition. There's a bit of a threat. There's there's all of that kind of behind the scenes. And I, and I'm not even sure that the daughter-in-law is aware that that's what's going on for her. Right. What was the name of that movie with Billy Crystal? And oh gosh, it was so funny where the parents come to take care of the kids. Oh, that was a reason where, you know, the the young parents with the children didn't want their parents around because they had totally different parenting styles. Oh, um, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and, you know, I can understand that. I mean, I, I never really felt like that. I was so glad to have somebody that would help us so we could go away or something. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, um, but yeah, but I, I mean, I, I do understand the different parenting styles, and, and that makes a difference, too. It's like you want to be able to raise your children the way you want to raise your children. And so if you're a smart mother-in-law, you'll kind of respect that exactly. how the how the people want to you know raise their children and if it's different than the way you did it then it is you know that's the way yeah. it is yeah and and one of the things that i think a mother-in-law can do in those situations is you know up front ask you know how would you like you know if i can spend a few hours you know are there things you want me to be doing or not doing, you know, about feeding, about whatever, so that the daughter-in-law can feel like you really are wanting to know what the rules are, you right. know, as opposed to I'm just going to take the child and and I'll be fine, you right. know, kind of thing. Yeah, kind of. And, you know, this is really the regular kind of conflict management skills that we mm-hmm. always have to use about being respectful of each other's boundaries. and Exactly. And asking open-ended questions, how can I be helpful and what can I do to, to be, you know, helpful to you? And how can we make this relationship work? And, you know, what concerns do you have with me? All those kinds of things exactly. are just like anybody, even you and your own son or your own, and exactly. your own daughter. I yeah. mean, it's the same kind of thing. So what makes your book different from other books out there? Well, I think one of the things that makes my book different is I do deal with both sides of the in-law relationship. I, I deal with mothers-in-law and I deal with daughters-in-law. So really, either either side can pick up the book and we'll get something from it because, um, you know, both sides are, are addressed. 
Um, I think the other thing that makes my book different is I really give practical, hands-on, step-by-step tools that you can follow and you can use with it, and I give examples, so that you can use these things right off the bat and start to change the relationship. Right. You have some cute things about certain characters like Comfortable Carla and Mothering Margaret. Uh, you want to share some of those types of sure. people? That would be great. Sure. I think people get a, a kick out of that. Well, I one of the things I discovered were that there were different types of mothers-in-law and different types of daughters-in-law, um, and actually sons and husbands, too. But um, we'll start with the mother-in-law and daughter-in-law. But I, I discovered that there were four different types of each. So what I found is that there's one called Comfortable Carla. Now, that's, these are mothers-in-law. We'll start with those. And she's like the ideal mother-in-law. She's the one you know, you always want to have because she knows her place. She knows the boundaries. She knows, you know, who's in what role and how things are supposed to work. And, and so things are pretty easy with her. You know, she, she just is, knows how to be very respectful. Then you have Mothering Margaret, who has very good intentions. She's still trying to be a mom to some extent, you know, and mm. not only with her son, but then she tries to be a mom with her daughter-in-law, and we'll often say, you know, I, you know, I treat her like a daughter. You know, I hear that a lot. And it's like, right. I'm not sure she wants to be treated like a daughter. Right. You know? Right. Um, so she has, she has very good intentions, but she will overstep her bounds because she's looking at things from the perspective of being a mom as opposed to I'm in a different role here. Right. Then you have off-the-wall Wanda, and she is the most difficult. She's the one who... Um, she will she will be very um, extreme in her behavior. She will say whatever she wants to say, and she'll do whatever she wants to do. And she really doesn't care what other people think as long as she gets what she wants. Right. And so she will, um, you know, she will just do outrageous things sometimes because of that. And you know, her ultimate goal is I want what I want. And again, it's not always intentional, but that's her end goal. Um, she's also not reflect, self-reflective at all. All right, and she, there are plenty of people of like that around too. Unfortunately, <laughs> yes, there are. Okay. And then the last one is uncertain Sarah, and she um, again, she also has good intentions, but she really doesn't know what her what her role is supposed to be now, and so she's kind of all over the map. I mean, in one minute she'll be kind of overly involved because. She's trying too hard, and then the next step she'll be back way off. And so she gets a lot of mixed messages to the daughter-in-law, and so it gets really confusing and really frustrating for the daughter-in-law because she just doesn't quite know how to be. Yes, yeah. And then we go into the daughters-in-law, and the daughters-in-law, we have confident Connie, and she's the daughter-in-law who she knows her place. She's very comfortable in her own skin. She, She knows... Um, you know, who she is, and she likes who she is. She also is very comfortable in her role. She knows the mother-in-law's role and is very respectful of that role and, and you know, wants to include her, but, is, but can also set boundaries when she needs to and, you know, just doesn't take things very personally. Um, then you have Doubting Donna, and Doubting Donna is, um, on the surface, she looks like she's very together and very confident, but when she interacts in personal relationships, particularly the mother-in-law, daughter-in-law relationship, she has a tendency of, of second-guessing herself, of doubting herself, and really questioning her own 
sense of self. And so as a result of that, she has a tendency of hearing things as criticism or judgment when maybe they're not. Mm-hmm. And, and so then that creates some problems in the relationship. And then um, the third one is Weird Wendy. And she is a daughter-in-law who, she doesn't have many friends. She really doesn't want a relationship with the mother-in-law in any way, shape, or form. She really doesn't want a relationship with her husband's family at all. She has a tendency of really exaggerating even the most innocent behavior from somebody and construing it as something totally different. And the more you try to get her to see it, the less she's going to see it. So she's really hard to um, deal with because she will also avoid you almost at all costs. So um, she's a little tough. And then the last one is Transition Tracy. Now, she... um, is a daughter-in-law that really has kind of come into her own. She didn't start maybe this way, but she came into her own. She started to be more comfortable with herself. She likes her mother-in-law, but she really doesn't need or feel a need to have a relationship with her that's separate from her husband. You know, so like she'll, you know, she'll go when she's over at their house or the mother-in-law comes over, she'll be very nice to her and interact with her and everything, but she won't go out of her way to maybe go have lunch with her or go shopping or any of that kind of stuff. And that can be hard for a mother-in-law who wants that. Right, right. And and then the problems come when the children come because yes. then the grandma really wants to see her more and see the kids and the mother just doesn't want to do that. She, she has less of a desire. Again, she, it's not like she would um, stop it, but she wouldn't go out of her way to make it happen either. Right. So and that puts the mother-in-law in an awkward situation. And then when you've got these conflicts between the mother and the mother, the mother-in-law and the daughter, what does that do to the husband-wife relationship? You know that on both ends. The, you know the. You know what exactly. I mean. Exactly. <laughs> One of the things I have found is that a lot of, um, it, it, and you heard, heard it when you mentioned it earlier, you know, it does affect the relationship. Some people actually divorce because what, ha- what I found, it tends to spill over. It starts off with the mother-in-law, daughter-in-law relationship, and then the husband and wife start fighting about his mother. But then it spills over into other areas of the marriage. And what what ends up happening is the daughter-in-law, the, the, his wife, will stop respecting him the way she used to. She'll just, she really is gets resentful of him because she feels like he's not handling things or not doing things right with, in regards to his mother. And then he feels like, you know, I can't please my wife. You know, nothing makes her happy. And so it really breaks down the marriage. And then know. the mother, you know, he doesn't want to give up his mother for his wife, and he doesn't want to give up his wife for his mother. Exactly. So sometimes he has to choose and move away or something. Yeah, and that's something that does happen where, you know, he ends up choosing. And, of course, he's going to choose his wife. I mean, that's where he, he would need to go. And and it's like it's unfortunate that one feels like they have to choose. And I don't think it has to get to that point because I think that there are ways to coexist um, and and make it work, you know, with everybody. But um, sometimes men feel like that's their only option. Yeah. And so, how about the uh, the the husband, you know, of the grandmother, you know, the gra- the, the 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 grandpa or the father in law? What what about his role? Well, you know, what's interesting. Um, what I found is that. The, the father-in-law really kind of stays in the background. You know, this is really between, it, it really is between the daughter-in-law and the mother-in-law. And, and the husband, um, the father-in-law, he, you know, he will be protective of his wife, of course. 
um, you know, and he doesn't want to see her upset. So sometimes he'll step in, but it's really because he's trying to help his wife and, and make things better for her. But he doesn't typically, I think your situation was pretty unusual. Typically, fathers-in-law, you know, don't have bad relationships because, you know, they just kind of go along with the flow. Right, right, right. Well, and and sometimes the the father the father in law will tell the mother in law to just back off. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like don't don't make waves because I have another uh, couple, another friends um, where the husband just says, you know what, just don't say anything. Don't say anything, no matter what they do. Don't say anything. <laughs> just yeah, you know, just be quiet and don't involve yourself in their lives. If they want to come to us, great, but don't involve yourself in their lives. So. Yeah, it's it is kind of a precarious situation because you're bringing together families that were not families. Yeah, and then of course, if the in laws don't like each other, you know, I, I have another my very best friend for many, many, many years since we're about four years old. Um, she does not like the in laws of her children, so when they all get together, it's very hard. And she, the my friend, as the mother in law, feels kind of jealous when her daughter hangs out with the other mother. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it is, it's a, it's a real delicate balance of everybody respecting each other's boundaries and everybody being kind to one another. You have some exercises that I'd like you to kind of share a little bit about the exercises that you uh, think are important, like your six step exercise. Well, one of the things that I w- work with women, and it's actually in my book, is I really go through the steps of helping women understand how they they might be misperceived because that's one of the things I found is that so many times we, you know, again, we have good intentions and we think our behavior is showing what we want it to show. But, but when you're dealing with another human being, you don't know what they're bringing to the picture here. So, you know, it's really important for for you to understand, you know, what are, you know, what are, how am I being perceived? You know, because you definitely want to know that. And so I, what I do is I do take women through the steps of perception so that they can really kind of take a look at that. It's, it's something most women don't think about, again, because we just assume everybody perceives it the same way we do and, and we don't. And once you do that, once you're able to, um, I think one of the things I like about it is because it helps you take a step backwards and kind of put some distance there. And once you're able to do that, then you're able to really say, oh, well, I want her to perceive me more accurately, so maybe if I did this instead, um, it will help me be perceived more accurately. And, and that's so important in any kind of conflict is that I hear you, I listen actively, I repeat back, I ask if mm-hmm. I understand, and then I start to understand your perception. But believe it or not, we are out of time. Did that time fly oh, or what? It did. It did. Well, thank you so much. Just give us uh, the name of your book again and your website, and then it's time to go. Uh, the book is Reluctantly Related, Secrets to Getting Along with Your Mother-in-Law or Daughter-in-Law, and you can um, go to my website, drdeannabrand.com. Well, thank you, Deanna. That was really great, and I think you're going to help a lot of families with this book. So thank you so much for joining us, and we'll stay in touch, okay? Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank, host of Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. Please visit our website at conflicthealing.com. You can see our upcoming guests. You can download podcasts, write us emails about what your concerns about are in 
are in your own life about healing conflict and peace in the world. Thank you for joining us. It's about trust. Frank, host of Privacy Piracy, which airs every Monday morning right here on KUCI, 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm also so pleased to present the weekly segment of Orange County Sheriff News and Safety Tips. And today we are welcoming one of my very favorite captains over at the Sheriff's Department. I'd like to introduce you to Dave Neiswanger, who is captain of the Training Division of the Orange County Sheriff's Department, and he's been with the Orange County Sheriff's Department for almost 29 years. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Mari. It's good to be back. Oh, yeah. You're always a wonderful guest. So why don't you tell my audience a little bit about that? what goes on, what kind of training goes on at that beautiful facility? Well, Mari, we have uh, uh, a lot of training going on these days at the at the Sheriff's Department. There is a big push for law enforcement training. One of our, our primary focuses is our basic academy, which is uh, run out of our Tustin facility. And right now, the the need for new law enforcement officers entering the workforce uh, is uh, greater than ever. So we actually have over 200 basic academy recruits going through our academy right now. Uh, it's probably more than we've had perhaps ever. And uh, that's a fairly rigorous six-and-a-half-month program um, that the recruits go through everything you can think of from criminal law to defensive tactics to, to firearms training to emergency driving. I mean, I can't even touch on the, uh, the depth of instruction that, that's going on there. And I know you also do other training at the facility for PSRs and for the sheriff's reserves, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful place, and I know you're doing a great job so thank you so much. We're going to talk a little bit more about training for recruits uh, next time, okay? That sounds great. All right. Thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye. Bye.